0: Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. On April 15th, 2019, fire ravaged the cathedral of Notre Dame in Paris. This event caught the imagination of the public. It dominated the headlines for weeks after the event, and the cause is still largely unknown, especially since the official story has been largely but rather quietly rejected by the general public. The restoration of the cathedral has taken more than three years and is still ongoing, though it has entered its late stages. Earlier this week, an image surfaced of what is being called the main contender for replacing the high altar in the cathedral. Yes, they, meaning the church, wants to replace the traditional high altar with something new in Notre Dame. Now, why is that? The excuse is that the new altar should reflect the changes demanded by the Second Vatican Pastoral Non-Binding Council, and its demand that the liturgy be changed into what we have now. Of course, Vatican II never actually called for that at all, but that hasn't stopped the modernists in Rome from making such silly statements about Vatican II. But regardless of all that, the altar is going to get replaced, and it's caused quite a strong line because it bears an uncanny resemblance to what we call around here stonecutter altars that are typically found in lodges Catholics are forbidden from entering on pain of mortal sin. That has never stopped some Catholics, and especially some clergymen and bishops, from joining their diabolical ranks, but the comparison between the two is being made. So this image is of the altar at Notre Dame and its concept art. Technically speaking, it hasn't officially been chosen to be the new altar, but it is the front runner. What is clear is that at the very least, there is a very real chance that the old high altar will not be returned to the burned out and rebuilt Notre Dame Cathedral. The website Family Chrétienne gives us the story from their article, quote, The altar will be in bronze and will have a flared shape. Like all the furniture, its design is driven by the idea of noble simplicity present in the constitution of the Second Vatican Council on the Liturgy explained Monsignor Olivier Ribideau-Dumas, rector of Notre-Dame de Paris, during a presentation of the project to the press. This form rises from the ground, manifesting the stone of sacrifice, which flares out to become the Eucharistic table, he commented. The artist explains that he began by drawing the ambo, then the circular baptistry inspired by the shape of a cup, the altar, in turn, echoing the shapes of the baptistry. It was a baptistry that made me go to the altar, he confides to family Christian. I wanted to offer this elevation, which is at the same time powerful, and brings a form of serenity. With this rounded shape, I also wanted to express softness. End quote. Again, it's worth noting that this is a finalist image for the Archbishop to consider replacing the high altar with. The fact that this hasn't been laughed out of the running is a sad statement, but it is a very post-conciliar Vatican II new religion altar. Now here's a picture of the old high altar for comparison. It's beautiful. It's a stunning work of art. It was carefully crafted by our ancestors. Now here's what you should remember. What is a done deal is that the altar is going to get replaced with something Novus Ordo, and what may be the final triumph of the new religion in France. Quoting the article again. The entire Notre Dame interior design project, including the altar, will be presented to the National Heritage and Architecture Commission, which will meet on July 13th. She will give her opinion and take the decision she wants, said Bishop Ribadou Dumas. In a video message in which he announced his decision to entrust the production of liturgical furniture to Goulin Bardet, the Archbishop of Paris, Monsignor Laurent Ulrich, also indicated that modifications will take place. These could in particular concern the color of the patina, which will be placed on the bronze before the installation of the furniture, planned from September 24th, 2024, brown in the project. Regarding the color, we are, for the moment, rather in a scheme, convides Guillaume Bardet, the density, the luminosity, are things that will be gradually stall, end quote. Now that sounds to me like the main issue of discussion is the color scheme and other basic design layout issues regarding the new altar. It sounds like they have absolutely made their decision to replace the traditional beautiful high altar with this new thing. Many observers are pointing out that this altar is indistinguishable from that of a stonecutter altar at one of their lodges. Now here's a picture of that comparison that is making the rounds as well. It's a sad statement that such a comparison can easily be made, but in reality that comparison is easy to make for a good reason. The new mass was designed by a stonecutter, that is confirmed, who was expelled from the Vatican and sent to a remote diocese as punishment for, in the words of Pope Paul VI, being something worse than a stonecutter. He designed the mass with a committee of Protestants, this is a historic fact, who were themselves likely members of the stonecutter group. So a redesign of the most iconic Catholic monument in Europe, outside of Vatican City, to be in keeping with the new order of things in the church is to be expected. It's what you do after a revolution, after all. You either bury and remove all monuments from the old order of things, or you keep a few of them around and repurpose them for the new system to sort of lend the new system credibility. That's how it's worked everywhere in the history of civilization. Now, it's worth noting here that the final say on all this is the government of France. They have the final say. In fact, some of the early redesigns of Notre Dame were uh, beyond ecumenical, to to put it mildly. Not at the insistence of the government of France. No, at the insistence of the bishops here in Paris. Of the insistence of the priests in charge of the redesign. And it was the government of France who intervened and said no. That is something that has to be remembered here. So there's a slight chance that the secular, non-Catholic government of France may force the church to actually keep the high altar. You can pray for that outcome, and it would be an ironic twist of fate especially given the history of France for that to be the case. But again, they are the ones who own it because of an act of parliament back in like, I think it was 1907 or 1905, somewhere around that po- point of French history where all church buildings from before that date belonged to the government of France, were part of their heritage, as they called it. And the church, any, the church could keep any property built after that time. And Notre Dame is the property of the state of France under that legal act. Now, speaking of stonecutters, I know that many people say that invoking that group sounds paranoid and that they're just a beer club for dads now or something, but stories like this do kind of make you think. It's being reported that an archbishop of the Catholic Church is going to offer the holy sacrifice of the mass at one of their lodges, publicly. The story is being reported by Pillar Catholic and was largely overlooked in the sort of the fallout of the Bishop Strickland News this week. The bishop in question is feigning ignorance, and to be fair, he may truly not have known that an iconic landmark like the one in question is owned by the stonecutters, even though the thing is built to look like their most iconic symbols that even the average person on the street would recognize as theirs. (laughs) Details like that should have been caught by the diocesan employees, though. So from the Pillar Catholic article we we go, quote, A mass meant to foster Catholic brotherhood at the border between the U.S. and Canada has raised questions after organizers scheduled it to take place in an auditorium built and sponsored by an international coalition of stonecutter organizations. The International Field Mass began in 1960 as a mass of solidarity and friendship between Knights of Columbus in North Dakota and the Canadian province of Manitoba. The mass has been held since that year at the International Peace Garden, a large park which straddles the border between the U.S. and Canada. The mass was initially held on a large field with a tent to shelter the altar and then on a band shell constructed by the Knights of Columbus in the park. Promotional material from prior events says the Mass has been held in recent years in an auditorium connected to a music campus with facilities on the grounds of the Peace Garden Park, but promotional material for the 2023 Mass says it will be held July 9th in the Stonecutter Auditorium on the grounds of the park. That auditorium, which can seat some 2,000 people, is built In the shape of the Stonecutter Square and Compass logo. (laughs) Can't make this up folks, they didn't know. (laughs) The building was constructed as a joint initiative of the Stonecutter Lodges of Manitoba and North Dakota and is home to the Peace Garden Lodge of the same group, which holds annual meetings of their group there. (laughs) It is not clear whether the mass has been held in the auditorium in question previously. But the location of the mass has raised questions, given the church's longstanding ban on Catholic participation in stonecutter organizations. End quote. (laughs) The article includes this picture of the event center. (laughs) Come on, man, like, seriously, there's no way that the event planners didn't know this. It may be possible that the event planners are unaware of the church's prohibition of being associated with stonecutter groups, a prohibition that is still in effect in canon law, despite Francis saying nice things about stonecutters, which is um, a little alarming, and stonecutters saying nice things about Francis, which is also kind of alarming. That prohibition still stands today and likely will continue to be in effect for some time. Now the article goes on and says that according to the dioceses involved, the issue is now with the Knights of Columbus, who haven't commented on the issue to the media. As a fun fact, Knights of Columbus were founded as a Catholic alternative for to the Stonecutters, so that Catholics could have a similar kind of organization without all the evil. Now the event is to take place on July 9th at the U.S.-Canadian border. I'd advise not going, since you'll be attending an event sponsored by Stonecutters, which is a violation of canon law and a serious mortal sin. Obviously, you're free to do as you wish, but honestly. On July 9th, instead, go to your local mass and then have a picnic instead. Bring whatever you like and maybe, you know, invite some people from your parish to a picnic. But if you live near this event where the event's taking place, just don't go to it. It's just another event of the new religion. And remember, the new religion loves to preach us all the time about dialogue, accompaniment, and the stonecutter motto of human fraternity, fraternity. Quality and liberty. Those are the slogans of the stonecutters. And this is now the slogan of the new religion in Rome. So is anyone surprised that the new religion in Rome is having a formal event on the border at a stonecutter facility? Let me know what you think of this in the comments, please. I'm curious to what your opinion is, so let me know. And like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help, as does sharing this on social media. It helps a lot, too. And as always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.